Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Celtic State of Mind, your Tuesday show is slightly different today because uh, I, of course, am going to be hosting today. And by luck, we have our Japanese correspondent, Liam Carrigan, uh, on the other end of the stream. Uh, good timing, Liam. Talk to us about uh, this morning's announcement by the club. Uh, well, well, first of all, my camera's a wee bit dodgy today, so if I look a bit Max Headroom, I'm sorry, but uh, there's a throwback for you. Lovely, um, lovely wee <laughs> reference back to my childhood, yes. <laughs> but um, aye, uh, the announcement, it actually came, we were out shopping this afternoon, I think it was about five o'clock Japan time, and I picked up the phone and someone had posted one of those, uh, one of the, the videos that the, the Celtic players have been doing with the... Uh, you know, they're trying to learn Japanese, and it was like Jota trying to write his name in in Kana, and it was quite, quite, quite good, quite well observed. Um, it's good because uh, just to comment on that, you know, I, I slag off Celtic's marketing department quite a lot, and that could very easily have been cringy and yeah. you know bordering on racist, but it wasn't at all. It was done in the right sense. It was funny. It was, and it wasn't patronising. And as a Japanese speaker. The elements of Japanese that were in it were spot on, so that was another thing, you know. The only the only thing I think they missed the trick on is when Hatati appeared behind them. I thought they were going to hide the sushi, you know, move it to the side <laughs> of the table. <laughs> <laughs> has there been has there been any chat over there, Liam, about uh, potential? I read Wolves might be involved. Any potential opponents? Um, opponents, not so much yet. The main issue seems to be around venues because. Obviously, they're going to want to play a game in Yokohama because that was Ange's old club and Dyson's old club as well. Mm-hmm. But then you've also got, you know, um, 
the Kobe connection with with Kyogo, but um, and that would make for a bit of a glamour fixture if we did play Viso Kobe because they'd still have Iniesta on their books. Um, but um, no, I think well, what I'm hoping is that there's going to be a game in Tokyo and a game in Yokohama because. Both of those are just, you know, within a couple of hours of where I am. If it's Osaka, I'm going to have to make a weekend of it, you know. <laughs> so, um, again, not necessarily a bad thing, but the wife might not be too happy. <laughs> well, well, talking about the good lady, um, it will give you and your wife the opportunity to go to a Celtic game. And it'll be the first yeah. time that your wife has seen Celtic as well, Liam. Yeah, and that's the other thing. It's going to be... a. Just to get slightly serious for a minute, it is going to be quite emotional for me personally going to see Celtic again because um, the last time I saw Celtic in the flesh was uh, was actually back in 2012 when we beat Barcelona. Um, and uh, I was with my dad and my, uh, my uncle Frank, who we sadly lost to COVID last year. So uh, um, it's going to feel a bit strange being at a game without him. But, you know, as they say... One out, one in. You know, my Uncle Frank is not going to be there this time, but my wife will be there for the first time. So there is that, you know. There's always a positive in these things. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is with Celtic is uh, that kind of memory and that kind of emotion that you've just been speaking about there, um, I think it, we all share it in one way or another. But that introduction of the club to someone else uh, close to you like that is going to be happening to so many people in Japan. That's For me, that's why it's important. People talk about the marketing of it, and you and I have discussed it on here, Liam. And yeah, mm. of course that's important. Of course, the income streams are always important to a club like Celtic. But so too is the, the legacy, and you want that to spread far and wide. You want you want Celtic strips to be seen more and more prominently over where you are. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, I mean, as, as I've said before, you know, we've had teams like Manchester City, who I went to see play against Ange when he was still at Yokohama. Um, we've had Barcelona, we've had Chelsea, and you know, the the kids that I teach, they sometimes turn up in their Barcelona top or their their Bayern Munich top or you know whatever, and I think God, just for the sake of better marketing, that could and should be a Celtic top. So hopefully, if we have a successful tour in July or August, start the, the the autumn term in September, I'm hoping I might see a few Celtic tops at school, you know. Oh, definitely, because you are, you're seeing the kids and uh, what they're wearing. And, you know, we're, we've actually got a, a comment coming in here, which I'm going to link into what you're currently wearing. Uh, Celtic follower on YouTube, welcome to the show. Afternoon all, lots of chat today, Don Robertson. I'm afraid we are going to have to chat about him. Uh, yeah. The Japanese uh, tour, Kyogo, £15 million interest, Barkas, full money recoup. I'll tell you, Barkas was, in inverted commas, a goalie. You're wearing a goalkeeper strip. Uh, tell mm -hmm. us a wee bit about that. Right, this is the uh, Japan goalkeeper shirt from the 1998 World Cup. Japan's first World Cup and uh, Scotland's last to date, unfortunately. Yeah, um, yeah something of a a uh, real kind of bit of Japanese footballing history. It took me 20 years to track down one of these, believe it or not. Um, I'm a collector of shirts, as you know, and uh, this was one that I really had to push the boat out to get finally get a hold of one, and uh, especially in, in my size, because I'm not a small guy, you know. Um, but uh, it was, uh, yeah, it's, it's a very special shirt, and I thought, what better chance to break it out than on the day we announced the Japan Tour? Yeah, it's got Partick Thistle vibes about it. Um, is it Asics? I think it's Asics. It is um, Asics. Actually, interestingly enough, um, just to go on a bit of a tangent here, 
The Asics shirts were worn at the World Cup, mm-hmm. but there is also an Adidas top, which is the exact same template, but different colours. The the main colour is green, and the flames are red and blue. I remember um, seeing Shane McGowan wearing a, a shirt, and I'm talking a button mm-hmm. dress shirt, yeah. black yeah. with with flames, just like that. By the way, look it up. I'm sure he was being interviewed <laughs> by Frank Skinner at the time. Uh, the one and only Shane McGowan. Yeah, mm-hmm. as um, Celtic Fowler was saying, loads to talk about. We're obviously going to kick off with Japan now that uh, it's been announced and, and we've we've spoken about it, uh, Liam, over the last few months. In any case, you're delighted. Loads of Celtic fans will travel over as well. Um, I, I, was speaking to, uh, I was speaking to JP this morning and uh, he's trying to figure out a way how you know, he could actually get over it. It would be some experience, Liam, and mm. you'll find yourself, you're going to be something of a uh, a travel guide, I'm sure, to quite a few <laughs> people coming over. Well, I will say that now, right? I'm, I'm not on Twitter because, well, just because of who owns Twitter, but we won't go there. Um, but if, um, if anybody who is watching does want to want any advice about travelling to Japan or what to do while they're over here, besides the, the Celtic games, feel free to you know drop a drop a, drop a question into our Facebook group or leave a comment here, and I'll try and get back to them um, as soon as I can. Uh, you know, I want to help as many people as I can who are going to come over here because I've you know I've been here most of my adult life, so I'd like to think I know the place pretty well. Oh, absolutely. And by the way, before we go any further, and before I forget, um, as is a possibility, Liam is a full-time member of the Celtic Down Under crew, um, and obviously you appear every Tuesday on our show, but where can we find Celtic Down Under, Liam? Uh, Celtic Down Under, we have our own shows that we do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I am part of the Wednesday crew, so if you tune in tomorrow, um, you will be able to uh, to catch us then. We normally go out at, um, I'm trying to think what time it would be in Scotland. It's it's half five Japan time, so that would be, uh, I think, either 10 or 11.30 in the morning in Scotland. Um, I think it is 11.30 actually, because uh, right. Jared was saying it finishes just as we're kicking off normally. Aye, aye, that, that's right. So, yeah, so, uh, yeah, as a, a, another wee throwback, tune in tomorrow, same bat time, different bat channel, and you'll you'll get our show. You, you definitely <laughs> will. We're, we're obviously going to be speaking about uh, the victory. Uh, by the way, again, a massive shout out to that mug, uh, which has to be the best mug we've seen on, and there's been a few mugs on uh, Axon, but the best mug we've seen. But another shout out to the, the very generous Celtic fan who handed me that at uh, mm. one of the Gracie's gigs back in March. Very, very generous. And it's been brilliant over the last wee while to be meeting a lot of the people that tune in, a lot of folk who don't actually comment, coming up and having a wee chat with myself and some of the other Axom troops. It's brilliant to meet you. Thank you all for your support. We're about 500 strong actually on the stream right now. Um, we'll bring up Edward Moore, who is commenting on YouTube. Afternoon, guys. Looking forward to the Japan and South Korea tour. Celtic could sign another Japanese player or South Korean to unveil while they are on tour. Yeah, they absolutely could. Um, and we are going to be talking about, uh, you know, the plans for next season. Andrew's already been talking about them, which very, very positive um, in looking ahead to next season. But we'll start off with the Rangers game. We went into that game. I think if you watch the pre-match back, um, we were all pretty confident. Myself, Liam, uh, uh, sorry, Lawrence, uh, Laura, and Kevin, all very confident. There were scoreline predictions of 3-1, 4-0, 4-1, etc. 
didn't quite go to plan. Uh, but what was your your overall thoughts on the game first first of all, Liam? Um, I, I mean, apart from that one chance where they, they hit the post and then, you know, Sakala really should have buried the rebound. Um, no, I think we were in control for 80-90% of the game. I really do think that even when they had spells of possession, they weren't really hurting us. Um, you know, again, the narrative is going to be the gap is closed, the gap is closed, but look at it this way. We've played in the last five games we've played Rangers beat them four times, drew with them once and I don't think we have played our best football in any of those games No. so you know that's the thing, we we basically beaten them four times and drew with them once with I think effectively one hand tied behind our back um, so I really don't the, the gap is as narrow as we allow it to be quite frankly um, yeah, and, and you know the thing as well, we spoke about yesterday was the fact that um, Celtic under Andrew Postacoglu have been an absolute joy to watch, Liam. You know, they're thrilling, entertaining, the, the amount of flair players, some of whom we'll be talking about on today's show. Um, it's the Celtic way. that You know, that's always been, you know, entertain, as Bertie would say, um, when he's talking about Jock Steen. And we have been entertained. But I think what these games have shown, and, it, you know, a, a big part of that is down to the style of the opposition, is that sometimes you've got to battle, sometimes you've got to defend. But if you come through, like you say, unscathed in those games, then you've done that part of the game well as well. It doesn't mean to say that the gap is shorter than, than Celtic think it is. It doesn't mean to say that Rangers are any better than they think they are. It's just the fact that in games like that, it's going to be a different approach. And, you know, yeah. both Anne and Callum spoke about it and they used the, the facets of the game, the defensive qualities, the battling qualities. When we need to do it, we can also do that side of the game, the dirty side of the game, Liam. Yeah, and also, you know, I, th- I think it speaks volumes that Carter Vickers was man of the match for me, and I think he did get the, the official man of the match as well. Um, he just was an absolute boss. He really, um, you know, the one thing that worried me slightly getting into the game was the fact that Goldson was back playing for them because he is their best player as far as I'm concerned. Um, he's their most consistent performer. And he's, you know, on his game, he's a pretty decent central defender. Um, pretty decent goalkeeper as well, but that's another story. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I think the fact that Carter Vickers played, you know, so well and outshone him to that extent shows the golfing class. Our best defender was pitched directly against their best defender and their best defender went to sleep for our goal, whereas our best defender made a series of heroic tackles and blocks throughout the game. And... Yeah, we thoroughly deserved our, our win and really it could have been more. No, you're right, it could have been. Um, and when called upon in big games like this, I think that uh, as, a, as, a, as a tag team, uh, Carter Vickers and Starfelt have been phenomenal in these games. And if one of them's maybe dropping a little bit below that standard, the other one steps up. And I think in the last game, we saw Starfelt stepping up. In this game, I thought the two of them were magnificent. Uh, there was a part of the game before the heroics that you're speaking about there about Carter Vickers where Starfield was a standout and then Carter Vickers mm-hmm. stepped up to the plate and the both of them were fantastic. I don't know if you were a, a 1990s WWF fan but uh, talking about tag teams, it was like the Rock, it was like a dream tag team that would never happen, the Rock and the Ultimate Warrior, Liam. Because, oh. uh, 
The Rock being Carter Vickers, of course, and the Ultimate Warrior being Starfield. I thought the pair of them were outstanding. Well, Roddy Roddy Piper was my guy, so I object <laughs> to him not getting a mention, but there you go. <laughs> With a wee tart and a wee tart and kilt, obviously. Uh, yes. The world's most famous Scottish Canadian. <laughs> That's right. That's right, yeah. That's right up my street. That's my kind of era. And we're talking about um, you know, WWF wrestling, Hulkamania, Beatlemania. There's gonna be a bit of the old uh, Kyogo and Ange Mania when we come over to Japan as well, Liam. Oh yeah, yeah. I really, I hope they've got all manner of uh, t-shirts, and uh, I hope they bring back those. I was looking through my closet the other day, and I dug out my old Celtic scarf from two thousand and six, which has Celtic written in like Japanese katakana characters. I really hope they bring back that scarf and start selling it again because that that's a that's a wee piece of history there. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ah, definitely. They, they definitely should. I want to uh, talk a wee bit more about Carter Vickers and Starfelt. Um, mm. I think that for two seasons they have been Angie's Rock, to go back to that reference. And um, with regards to where we go next, which is, you know, Ange has been asked that this week. You're looking at the two centre-halves. I think it's time that um, at least one of them, obviously, Carter Vickers being the, the one that's been mentioned, needs a few games to recuperate. He's going to go and get his operation. The, the timing is perfect for that, Liam. And by the way, yeah. that's no disrespect to Inverness, Carly, this and the final. We'll come to that. But the timing mm-hmm. is very, very good for us and for Carter Vickers at the moment. Yeah, get, get, get the Hearts game out the way and get the League One and then we can rest a few players. Because there's... The, the good thing is, you know, if we... Now, this is how I would do it, but then again, I'm not Ange, right? Um... I would play near enough a reserve team at Ibrox because by that point, the league will be won. There is no need to risk any injuries to the likes of Kyogo, who, you know, they tried once again on Saturday to take him out and failed. Big time. Um, you know, I really don't see why we should risk any of our major players for what is ultimately a meaningless game. But then at the same time, you've got guys like Rocco Vata, you've got all these players coming into the team who I think are looking at, okay, here's three or four games I can play to try and get into the squad for the cup final. Mm-hmm. That's that's the carrot there, you know. Um, Haksabanovic is another one who has been on the fringes but is going to want to be a bigger player next season, we would hope. Um, and he needs to prove that he's worthy of that. Um, so I really, um, I think that it's uh, it's an opportunity. And again, just to use the Ibrooks game as a, as, a, as a case in point, it's a no-lose scenario for us, assuming that we take care of Hearts, right? I mean, I'm not wanting to write that off because Tynecastle is a difficult place to go. But if we can take care of that with a full-strength team, then you could play four or five fringe players at Ibrooks, and then they have the motivation of saying, well, look, if you do something special in a derby, that is... That's you get one foot in the door for the cup final, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and if Celtic get beat, oh, well, it was just a reserve team. 
But if we manage to get a result with half of our team missing, imagine the levels of banter that will flow, you know? Well, this is the thing, right? And it's going to be difficult for a lot of people to see through the, the, the rivalry, the fact that it's a derby. It's great to get it right up them. And that's why we are smiling on a Tuesday um, after the game and all of that. But in terms of preparation, I, I can see some merit in that. I really can. With regards to, right, let's get some game time in the fringe players' legs. And you never know. If you get one of them, Liam, that comes out of that as an absolute star performer and they're in with a shout for the final, then it's job done. Um, and yeah, as you say, we've still got Tynecastle just around the corner. We've also got a Scottish Cup final to look forward to. Um, and I think that with regards to the, the Scottish Cup final, we're, we've been talking a wee while, uh, for a wee while on the show about world records um, and this mm. kind of thing. I mean, eight trebles, unbelievable. Uh, and when you <laughs> consider that five of them potentially... Uh, will be within the last seven years. I mean, domination doesn't come anywhere near that. Um, Stephen Donnelly, you're on the YouTube. And by the way, we're uh, head towards 700 strong on the live stream. Thanks, everybody, for getting involved. If you're enjoying um, the Axon chat, the Celtic chat, give us a big thumbs up. It works wonders for us on the YouTube channel, and we really do appreciate it. Stephen Donnelly, hail, hail, guys. Hope you're still enjoying the euphoria from the weekend. We certainly are. Um, and Keith Oakton is tuning in from a sunny Plymouth. Welcome to you as well, Tony Cassidy. Also sunny. Is it sunny out there? I've not seen it since I got in this morning. Uh, Rutherglen, uh, I'll need to have a look at that. And thanks for coming along over the weekend, Tony. It was great to see you. Didn't have a chance to get a catch-up with you, unfortunately. Joseph McGonigal, 13 points clear. Treble incoming. Life is just wonderful. Yeah, it's incredible what Celtic can do to your mood, Liam. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> let's talk about the cup final. I've been hearing a lot of uh, Inverness fans uh, on, on the social saying, oh, we're your bogey team and all this kind of stuff. Um, obviously, they will be treated with the respect that Ange um, treats every opponent with. Mm. Well, I'll just go on record now as saying that Inverness Cali are a team that I've got a lot of time for. Um, I've had dealings with them in the past... Um, in terms of uh, my dad used to supply them with staff and more recently I ordered um, a, a shirt from them a couple of years ago which they did as part of a charity venture and I found their commercial department to be absolutely superb. Um, you know, emailed as soon as the thing was shipped, personally contacting me to let me know the stages of the process until the shirt got to Japan. Um, just for a, for a supposedly small club, they've got a very professional approach to things <laughs> and they make fans feel appreciated. So no, that's brilliant to hear, and obviously, um, we, and obviously, we got Ryan Christie from them as well. Well, aye, aye, but you know, to those fans, I'm not going to, I'm not going to slag them off. I'm going to say that you know they will be given the ultimate, the ultimate respect because you don't get to a cup final if you're a Diddy team. It doesn't matter what league you're in; you have to play good football and beat good teams to get to a cup final, and they've done that. So they have earned the respect. Um, I still hope we wipe the floor with them when the day comes, but you know that's not—it's um, nothing against them personally. It's just whoever is in Celtic's way needs to be swept aside. But um, uh, no, I really am. I'm pleased for them. Hope they enjoy the day out, and I hope it—you uh, know—it's uh, it's a good day for everybody. Regardless. We're talking about being swept aside, um, and, and with regards to that. I think that uh, Angel look at the situation, and he doesn't have the these results in his locker because he wasn't part of, part of Celtic. I don't even think they'll come on the radar. The fact that Inverness have knocked us out a couple of cups, Ross County have uh, done the same. We had that 
horrific result against Clyde. All that kind of stuff was in a past era. Ange, Angel approached this in the way that he approaches every single game. And one thing that he'll approach it with is um, respect, Liam. Yeah. And yeah. Th- there's a few things that have happened after the game against Rangers where I feel Ange has shown nothing but you know, the utmost class in the way that he uh, shows the opponent respect. So there's been a few wee things. He was asked about the lucky man. We've got we've got the, the print up on the wall there by the verve. He was asked about being a lucky man, right? And uh, again, it would be easy. There's your platform, man. You've just won the semi-final. Get it right up them. He didn't do that. He absolutely no. didn't do that. He went into the fact that he's been in the game 25 years and he's earned the right to be offered a job like the Celtic job. That's not luck. He says it's not my first job. Um, and obviously he has spoken time and time again about the fact that you don't win trebles through luck, you don't win doubles through luck. Here's some of his words. I was really impressed with this. This isn't my first job. If it was my first job, maybe I'd be lucky. But it's not. It's 25 years of hard work. I have to spend that money, talking about the budget, and I can uh, I can get it wrong. Many have with bigger clubs than ours. And this is the thing people tend to forget. Having money is one thing. Spending it wisely is completely, that's a different ballpark altogether, Liam, and he's done that. You know, you have these these managers who, and I, I, it, it's wrong to pick out individuals because the whole group of them, but I'll use, for example, Sam Allardyce, right? What has Sam Allardyce ever won in football? Nothing of any great note, right? Yet, he could walk into a number of jobs at sort of mid-level English teams right now if he wanted to, right? There's these managers who just managed to, by luck or by whatever, they fall into this sort of, this pattern of failing upwards. Davey Moyes is another one. What the hell he's still doing at West Ham, I've no idea, right? But, you know, um, there's just this, this trend of, failing upwards. And we used to have it in Scotland as well, up until fairly recently. You know, you would have your, you know, your, your Jimmy Calderwoods and whatever, who would never win anything, but whenever a job came up, they were always the first foot in the door for it, you know? Yeah. Um, and again, no disrespect to him personally, it's just a, a recurring theme that I've noticed with with the football um, going on. And Ange, being from Australia, has been outside of that. So he has had to earn through a hell of a lot of hard work and great results, something which the Sam Allardyces of this world just get handed to them. So I really do think that it's like he has done really well because he's a great manager, but also in spite of a system that is designed to keep people like him out. You're right. Um, You're right. It is a closed shop, and you have to really smash the door in to get into that closed shop, and Ange has done that. So... Yeah, um, he really, I hope he play, pay, paves the way for more managers to do that because Australia, Asia in general, there is no shortage of talent over here, both in terms of players and managers. And I really do hope that Ange is a trailblazer in that regard, not just for Celtic, but just for the sake of Scottish and English football needs freshening up. It's mm. the same old faces every every season, and it's getting really turgid and really boring. So, Ange is a breath of fresh air. Any neutral who's not a Celtic fan, uh, I would I would challenge them to look at Celtic and say that is not a good team to watch. You know. No, you're right. And, and by the way, going back to when he was announced as a Celtic manager, there there was two different 
there was two different elements to it, I feel. At that point, Liam, mm. you had that snobbery that, that uh, we know existed in relation to what's he ever done or where mm. has he done it, you know? And, well, what he's done, there's a there's a huge list of things that he's achieved in the game as a manager. Ah, but where's he done it? He's not done it anywhere, you know? And there was that attitude because it wasn't in Europe. But yeah. the, other, the other issue at that time, and I think it was even more frustrating for us on Axon, was the fact that we had lost confidence in the board uh, yeah. to make the right decision. So when they made the decision for Ange, a lot of the perspective was skewed by the fact that we had lost confidence with the board because of what they had done the previous season and then they had failed to get the number one candidate. So mm. that kind of fed into it a wee bit, um, the, the cynicism. And I remember, you know, uh, guys coming in from Celtic Down Under and saying, no, wait a minute, guys, this this, this is the real deal. Ange Postecoglou yeah. was the real deal. Um, and it didn't take long for every single person to get on board with that. The, the thing as well that he uh, was asked about was the comments by Neil Banfield, who, when I read his name for the first time, in fact, he was unhappy with Ange, I had to check who he was. Um, and the, the comment that Ange made in relation to uh, upsetting some people at Rangers was, um, if I was going to worry about what other people say, I wouldn't have lasted a month here. What a great, <laughs> what a great way to, to deal with... With all the all the nonsense and all the chaos and all the racket around about you, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, 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 you know, we're we're not going to put letters into the SFA demanding an explanation for why that comment was made, are we? You know, um, it's uh, they're they're a, they're a strange bunch over I over Ibrox Way, and I really don't get why they do what they do. Um, I, you know. Not not to get political, but I do liken it to the situation in the US you have now with certain people worried about being replaced by minorities. I think too many people at Ibrooks have had it their own way for so long that any semblance of equality is immediately put down as suppression. You know, yes. they can't yes. they cannot tell the difference. And this is like it's it's a mental failing with them, honestly. No, you're you're absolutely right. On a much kind of lesser scale, but uh, with the same kind of principles, um, when you expect to get um, the decision, for example, um, mm. often that that's something, again, that would uh, react in, in slow reactions, uh, people not reacting on the, on the field they play. And uh, that, that's something I think that um, is prominent within this Rangers side. The officiating has been brought up. And by the way, we're not going to go in studs up. We know that um, you know there's been a, a referee who has received uh, death threats uh, this season, and uh, we're certainly not going to be calling anybody cheats or any of this kind of stuff. But in terms of the performance of Don Robertson, and yeah, he was thrown in at the deep end because uh, the injury to Willie Collum. I thought there was so many decisions that uh, he completely missed or just let go in the first. Um, stages of the game, Liam Lundstrom on on Kyogo. That that mm. was for me. That was the moment where you take control of the game as the ref, and you uh, take action on that. Later on in the game, uh, Ben Davis uh, hits Kyogo in the neck. Uh, you've got a Barisic dive that goes unpunished just before half time. A Barisic handball, and bear in mind he's he's on a yellow when he commits yeah. these two offences. Um, and I did think that it was a really really poor decision, but the decision not to uh, award. Matt O'Reilly, a free kick was a poor decision, but we were the ones who reacted to it. And that's where we get this tagline today, Angie's We Never Stop mantra. No more so have I seen it epitomised as I did by Maeda and Jota at that that yeah. very moment in that game. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think in our, our chat group my, at, at the time, I actually said Maeda for that goal is we never stop personified because that's exactly what it was. Five of them had stopped because they either thought they were getting a free kick or they thought play was being held up. Dyson was like, right, I'll take that. Thank you very much. And puts it over for Jota and it's 1-0. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Um, you know, I mean, I've, I've actually seen, like, the more fair-minded amongst the Rangers support, you know, a few of their YouTube equivalents to us, whatever, they've been saying, look, play to the whistle. That is like schoolboy football stuff. How do, how can we not get that? You know, they 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 recognise that failing. And, you know, to those guys, I have a bit of respect because it's not like, oh, Celtic were lucky, whatever. It's like, you know, we totally lost the plot on that goal. And they did. But it still takes class for Maeda and Jota to link up the way they did to take advantage of it. Um, and there are very few players in the Scottish League with the pace and the sharpness of Maeda to pounce on that the way he did. Um, that's the sort of thing, that's exactly what he does. You know, every time I see him play for Japan, he's a constant nuisance mm-hmm. to the, the last defender. And that was just the, the ultimate payoff at the weekend. There. It was. You know, you were talking about, you've got the reaction first and foremost. They react, unbelievable reactions. The first touch to change direction was yeah. superb, and the second touch on the turn for the for the ball into Jota, by which time Jota's probably got three yards on uh, the right back James Tavernier, who uh, whose face is an absolute picture, Liam, by this stage. <laughs> and um, JP pointed out yesterday that if you watch the unique angle version of the goal on Celtic TV, you actually mm. and after the show yesterday, I, I looked at it. You can see Ryan Kent; he's walking away. Just as made a yeah. nips in to get it, he thinks he's uh, he's going up to the halfway line. Unbelievable reactions. Um, there's a few performances I want to talk about about the, the weekend as well, which I think are going to be pivotal mm. as we move on. One of them was something of a cameo, um, and it was Tony Ralston coming in um, for the injured Alistair Johnson. Um, interestingly enough, Tony Ralston still only 24 years of age, been around forever. Yeah, incredible, I know. But this season, he's only played a thousand minutes uh, over 13 appearances, and uh, 36 of those minutes were against Rangers. I felt that um, you know we can we can laugh and joke about players on social media and all that, but every now and again, you get an absolute belter of a post. And I'm not an Instagram. Um, I'm not sure I should be on Instagram. I'm definitely not on it. Um, and Tony Ralston puts out a, a wee post that puts Cantwell right back in his box. Um, I thought it was great to see him getting some game time and mm-hmm. not the best circumstances, 
but it will be good to see him getting a few games in the first team as well uh, because of Johnson's unfortunate injury. Well, he's earned it. You know, Ralston has earned it. He's not been a first pick this season. You know, first behind Juranovic and then behind Johnson. But there's not been the slightest hint of whinging about it. He's got on with it. He's done his job professionally. He's Celtic through and through. He knows what the club is all about. He knows what's expected. He goes in there every day for training with a superb attitude. He's a well-liked guy from what I hear. And no, fair play to him. He has... He has earned whatever game time he gets from here on out because his commitment to the cause cannot be questioned. No, I, I totally agree. And he likes he likes Tynecastle. He's a performer at Tynecastle. Mm. I do believe that certain players are suited to certain venues that they, they do like for a for a striker scoring at certain venues. I think Ralston uh, will uh, you know be welcome back into that side and it'll be flawless for him. And I'm glad to see him back. I want to talk about another couple of the Japanese players though, because um, going into the game at the weekend, we were talking about. Uh, the midfield trio, we were also talking about the wings. Then it was uh, kind of confirmed that uh, Hatate and Jota and, and even Abada had been training uh, leading up to the game. Um, I must admit, going into the game, I, I was a, a wee bit concerned about Hatate, but also I had been so impressed with Awata since he came in, and in particular in the 3-2 game against Rangers, that I probably would have set up, what do I know, how to set up with Awata starting, uh, McGregor and O'Reilly. Hatate starts... Um, and Awata comes in. But do you think this is an opportunity for a player like Awata and also for Kobayashi to maybe replace Kata Vickers to, for these players to get a good run in the team as well, Liam? And if so, what should we expect from them? Because these are two guys you know pretty well. Right. First of all, Iwata is one of the best holding midfielders to come out of Japan in quite a long time. Um, people over here are making... Now, again, I don't want to oversell things here, but people are making comparisons to Nakata, right? who was the first Japanese player to really break out of the J-League and make a big name for himself in Europe. Um, people are saying he's on that level, and I think he might well be in the years ahead. Um, he has superb distribution from the, from the holding midfield position, likes a tackle, he's a physical presence, you know, when when we say Japanese footballers, most people think of somebody like Kyogo. They think of a wee, slight, pacey, but maybe slightly lightweight kind of guy. Whereas, you know, Iwata's got the nickname, The Tank, and it's, and it's well-earned, you know? Um, so he is definitely going to be a breakout star next season, um, mm -hmm. if he isn't already. Kobayashi, I believe, in the fullness of time, will supplant Starfelt as Carter Vickers' partner in central defence, assuming we can hang on to Carter Vickers. Um, I believe, you know, Starfelt and Carter Vickers have a better partnership at the moment, but that's purely because they've played together for as long as they have. Yeah. And it's not a slight on, Car on, on Starfelt. I think, he's, I think he's a much better player than a lot of people give him credit for. But I believe Kobayashi has the potential to be better. And I think next season we will see that. He needs game time, he needs experience, he needs to get comfortable playing with um, with another central defensive partner and building, building the same partnership that Starfield and Carter Vickers have built. Um, plus, having a natural left footer at left centre-back is something we've not really had recently. Yeah. So I think that is, particularly in Europe, that is going to be a massive advantage where that split-second timing, you know, that... 
extra second that Starfelt would take to switch it over to his right foot, mm-hmm. Kobayashi can just first time hoof it into the crowd if need be. That is going to be a big, big difference that you'll notice, particularly in games that are played at the higher tempo than we're used to. See, the thing as well, we're kind of looking at, um, ahead to next season. They're talking about uh, potentially what, what the team might look like. And Ange has also been talking about that. He's talking about every transfer window he goes into, he wants to come out stronger. That sounds like a bit of a cliche, but you know when Ange says it and you look at the transfer windows that he's been involved in, we have come out stronger. Yeah. Um, and we're, we're also at a stage as well where if he's fine-tuning certain elements of a team that's already working, and then you're getting a greater depth. I mean, I was looking at the squad this morning. Um, I always remember, you know, looking on the back of the programme and uh, our squad was like twice the size of just about every other squad for the team that we were playing. I, I think it's been fine-tuned, and a big part of that is down to the fact that we've, we've got a dozen players out on loan at the moment. I get that. Yeah. But if those, or the vast majority of them, can be traded and then we bring in three or four players of quality then you're looking at a situation where we really do have not just the depth, but the, the real strength and the quality within that team. But one of the biggest elements, Liam, is if we go into a transfer window um, in the summer and we lose one, and I'm talking a player who you would consider as a first-teamer, and you know, let's say a batter, because I know that he's been in and out of the side this season. He's a player that I really, really like. I think he's, he's actually got, for me, I think he's still got development uh, time at Celtic. To undertake, but I don't know if he wants to. I thought, you know, he might be one of these young players who wants to move a wee bit quicker than he should. But even if, and and just giving us the confidence, if a, somebody like Abada was to go, uh, and he's already said it, you know, we've already identified players, moves are underway, all that kind of thing. You are confident that he will bring someone in of equal, if not better, quality. I mean, I, I personally, I think Abada is for the off at the end of the season. Um, because the current situation with him very much mirrors what happened with Juranovic after the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there is, you know, there's no public drama as such, but clearly in the background, Juranovic had said to Ange, look, I want to move on. And Ange was like, yep, fine, no problem. And he barely played a game after that, and he did get his move in January. Um, I think Abada has probably had a similar conversation, and Ange has said, right, Okay, no problem, but, you know, I'm looking for players who want to be here, and if you don't want to be here, you're not going to be part of my plans for the rest of the season, because what's the point? Um, I honest, I, That's that's my take on it. I could be wrong, but that's just... Uh, there are so many overlapping similarities between what happened with Juranovic and what's happening now with Abada. But again, that approach, Liam, when you think about um, how we've dealt with situations like this in the past and um, as a fan base, it's becoming normal for us to say, OK, like you just said there, if you don't want to be here, you move on, we replace you and we move on as a football team and we get stronger as well. Um, and he has normalised it in a very short space of time. You know, the fan base yeah, it, thinks differently now. It speaks to the confidence that Ange has built in himself and in his team that you know, a player like Juranovic, who was one of our most valuable players in terms of financial, um, you know, p- potential financial outlay, um, he can just say, right, okay, he's off. I'm bringing in this Canadian guy who, let's be honest, before the World Cup, none of us had heard of. Mm-hmm. And we're like, okay, sure. Yeah, we'll give it a shot. And 
<laughs> Johnson is now probably my top five favourite Celtic players at the moment. You know, the guy's just become a cult hero overnight. He um, definitely has. What about him at the end of the game? With the, oh, with the, oh, with the crutches. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Just hope, just hope his disability allowance people weren't watching, you know. <laughs> oh, superb with a big moon boot. He is, he is turning into a cult hero. He, he's got all the makings of being an absolute cult hero. And a big part of that, I think, is um, we talk about this other element, this other facet of Celtic. And I think uh, Johnson's got it in droves. I think that McGregor, has McGregor always had that? I would need to look at some of his previous performances. He's got it. Where sometimes when it comes into the battle, you're looking at certain players. There was a moment where I think a ball was thrown at McGregor, probably by Lundstrom actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know because he'd been he'd been taken down. There was two fouls in quick succession. McGregor being the second one, and they've thrown the ball at him. You know that pettiness, Liam where right. McGregor's just looking at him and laughing at him, basically, which is the best way to deal with him. But there is the, there is that edge that we've got, and I think that we can see mm. it in quite a few of the players. So, yeah, we can get carried away with the flair and the entertaining uh, element of Angie's side, but we've got that edge when we need it, and I think Johnson's got it in spades. Is that why he's one of the, the cult players in this team? Oh, absolutely. Well, for me, absolutely. Um, we all like a player who's not afraid to get stuck in, especially when we play Rangers. And... Uh, that is that's Johnson. He's just like he's he's all about it. You can tell you can tell he's a guy who's played ice hockey as a kid because he's got that kind of slap shot enforcer look about him. You know, just, if you've ever seen the movie Slap Shot, it's like it's like it reminds me of, of one of those guys. You know, the guys who just yeah, let, let's let's go out and have some violence and a hockey match might break out at some <laughs> point. You know, oh superb, superb. Now, Jim uh, Davidson. Welcome to the show. You're on the the uh, YouTube channel and you're celebrating a treble in your avatar. Uh, is there going to be another one in the Scottish Cup final? What's the story with the early kickoff? I was reading about this this morning, Liam. So the chat is that um, there's a, a spineless organisation at the head of Scottish football who is allowing the Scottish Cup to apparently be kicked off early due to um, the broadcasters and us not wanting to clash with the FA Cup. What's your thoughts? Well, I, th- I think calling them spineless is a bit insensitive because jellyfish actually serve a biological purpose, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, it, it, it's it's just a top top to bottom problem with Scottish football leadership. We need to stop modelling ourselves on England, mm-hmm. right? England is ten times bigger than Scotland in terms of population. The football economy is exponentially bigger than Scotland will ever be. Um, the TV money is just ridiculous. Um, we should look to countries like Denmark, Norway, Holland, Belgium. Those are the sort of countries we should be putting a benchmark against, right? Because England is not, we're not on the same planet as them in terms of finances or um, global appeal outside of Celtic and Rangers. So stop, you know, it's like, it, it, it's like a wee drunk man offering Superman a square go. So there's no way this ends well for you, son, so don't bother. You know, it's it's just like, what? why? Um, you know, really what you should be doing is just looking to these smaller European nations, looking at how they bring in the commercial revenue that they do, despite not having anything like the TV exposure. Mm-hmm we should start telling TV companies what we want 
if they want to deal with us, not the other way around, because that's what they do in England. Yeah. Um, you know, and another thing is that I, a, a potential revenue stream for Scottish football that has not been explored, which now I've got a personal stake in this because both of my parents have long-term disabilities. My mum's basically housebound. My dad, you know, doesn't get as, out as much as he used to, right? And um, as a result, the only time he and I can watch Celtic games is when they're on the telly. And I don't doubt there are probably tens, maybe even hundreds of thousands of Celtic fans in the UK who are in that same position. Due to either finance or physical impairment, they cannot go to the stadium. Even if they could, maybe they couldn't get a ticket because we've got a waiting list a mile long, right, for season tickets. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So this whole thing about we can't show games on telly if they're at 3 o'clock on a Saturday. Scrap that. Okay? It's it's crap. It has to go. Mm-hmm. Right? The English teams are already ignoring it. Right? So we should just forget that. Um... If you are an Albion Rovers fan or an Airdrie fan or, or any other smaller Scottish club, you're going to go and see your team regardless of who's on the telly because that's your team, yeah. right? And if that means these clubs only get gates of five or 600, well, I'm sorry, that's the natural size of your club. Just adjust your finances accordingly. And Celtic and Rangers will still get their 50, 60,000 fans every week whether the game's on the telly or not. But... If the game, if every game is available on TV, be it via subscription or pay per view or whatever, um, it's extra revenue for the clubs. It's an opportunity for people like my dad to watch every game and not have to depend on me to try and find them a dodgy stream somewhere. Um, and it just makes so much more sense, you know. I really hoped, and I'm really annoyed it didn't go this way during the COVID situation. We had basically every game on the telly because it was a good way to get people to stay home was to put every available game on the telly. We should have kept that because people like my dad, who were fortunate enough not to be affected by COVID, but definitely benefited from the mental health aspect of being able to watch every Celtic game despite being stuck in the house for most of the time. Yeah. So that is an area we definitely where we can generate more revenue. And if, like you say, if we didn't have such a spineless administration, the COVID rules would never have been rolled back. We would have kept it because it was a good source of income for all the clubs, not just Celtic and Rangers. Um, and that is something that needs to be looked at. As I say, commercial sponsorship is a joke right now. The amount, you know, why it, now, no, again, no offence to them. Why does Denmark bring in five times the revenue Scotland does. I mean, Bronby and Copenhagen, can you name any other Danish teams? Because I'm no. struggling. And it is down to the ineptitude of those, you know, in the meetings, like you say, underselling the game. There's absolutely no doubt about it. But this is the showpiece of Scottish football. Um, and for us to just bend over 
you know, rather yeah. than bending over backwards for the fans, then I think it's just typical. And the only way it's going to change is if fans make their feelings known to the respective clubs. Um, but again, it's been something that we've discussed time and time again. And it will hold the club, the clubs back. It will hold the game back in, Scot- in Scotland for as long as they are in charge. I want to talk a wee bit about um, the, the women's game that's coming up because mm-hmm. I seen yesterday there was an announcement, uh, a joint announcement. Sorry, before I do that, Durban Culture, the sun is out. Everybody's telling me the sun's out. I'm going to have to check this out after the, the stream. Lunch is out and good Axom Company is here. Let's get it on. We bit of Marvin Gaye there, Urban Culture. Right, so Celtic are playing Glasgow City on the 11th of May. Um, and it's free on the season ticket, which is fantastic. So that was the first announcement the other day. We've been saying that, Liam. Get the, yep. get, get the women's games on the season tickets. Um, and what we're going to uh, see is three groups. You've got uh, the North Curve, the Green Brigade and Boys Celtic um, occupying the Celtic end. Now, remember, we had representatives of the Celtic end, the collective, who wanted to make the entire um, end um, all standing. And this will give them, I feel, an opportunity to show us just what it looks like and uh, how it can add to the atmosphere. It would be phenomenal if, uh, I think the record's 8,000 Scottish uh, attendance record for a women's game. How good would it be if we could break that for the game on the 11th? Well, the women's team definitely deserve that level of support. Um, I said, I said, I said as much to Natasha last week when we were talking about this. You know, the women's team have been phenomenal this season in what they've done with the budget that they have and the resources that they have. It's incredible, mm-hmm. and with just a wee bit more investment and a wee bit more support from the fans, we could dominate the women's game to the extent we're currently dominating the men's game. And how good would that be to have, you know, complete dominance of, uh, of of both leagues? I really think that would just be something special. And it would not take much. You know, we're not asking... It's not going to cost 30, 40 million to do this. It's more like 2 or 3 million. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if the fans can turn out and we can get the result against City... Or even if we don't get the result and there's still a big fan turnout, I think that sends a good statement to the Celtic board. Say, look, the women's game is here to stay. We're doing well with it. Get some more money into it and let's have a serious tilt at trying to become one of Europe's big clubs. No, you're right. Let's grow it. 100% agree with that. Um, Talking about one of the world's biggest clubs, one of the world's greatest footballers, Danny McGrain, turned 73 years old yesterday. Now, Danny has been back at the club as a coach um, since Vim Janssen. Vim Janssen. Wow. So he's worked with every single uh, coach manager from Vim to Ange, and he turned 73. Big happy birthday to Danny. Um, but it brought back that wee story you told, remember, about Brendan Rogers, And who pops up at the game on Sunday but Brendan Rogers, Liam? What do you make of all that? <laughs> <laughs> Try to get his face back out there because he's looking for a job uh... somewhere. Where, where's the rat poison when you need it? Anyway, um, <laughs> no, um, I, uh, I'm i not a fan of Brendan Rodgers, the person, but I am an admirer of Brendan Rodgers, the manager. He's done a lot of, you know, he's had a lot of success with his style of football. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the pattern of his career, there's about an 18-month to two-year window before other teams suss him out. Happened at Liverpool, happened at Celtic, and now... It's happening at Leicester. That's just the way it goes. You get sussed out. 
And uh, I think that, uh, you know, not a bad manager, but I, I don't, I certainly don't get this this thing of like putting him up on the same level as Martin O'Neill or Jock Steen or anything like that. I really don't. I, I just, he did well when he was here. Thank you for that. But nah, he's not, not my cup of tea, I'm afraid. See the thing about that, Liam, right? Mm. This isn't just with hindsight. It's not no. just with hindsight. I remember the furore and everything about the excitement and all that about him coming to the club and 13,000 strong going to see him at the, at the unveiling. Brilliant. Great scenes. Um, statement of intent. And I love the approach. I love the, the, the real up, up you know, uh, increase in standards, um, bringing a lot of kind of English Premiership standards to, to our club. And I thought that was fantastic. But you're right in what you say. I, I don't put him on the same uh, platform as O'Neill. Uh, I think O'Neill was an absolute game changer. Um, and what we're seeing here under Ange Postacoglu is taking us in that direction again. And, you know, the, one of the biggest um, ways that you're able to judge uh, a manager when you look back on their time at the club is what did they do in Europe? And you look yeah. at uh, Martin O'Neill gave us, gave me as a, a Celtic fan, the first ever bit of belief that we could do anything in Europe, Liam, mm. anything. And when, when Brendan came in, I'm thinking to myself, all oh, right, we're gonna we're gonna make a tilt at Europe, and I, by the way, I don't mean we're gonna win the Champions League. We no. again, like a lot of these clubs you were talking about earlier, we need to know what is the level, right? Okay, so a Scottish club got to a Europa League final, okay, we can do that, and then you've got yeah. another tournament uh, that you know you mentioned, Moyes, West Ham are still in that, aren't they? Yeah. So yeah. you know th- there are tournaments that we can progress in in terms of Europe. You want to do as as well as possible in the Champions League. Did I ever believe once? Brendan Rodgers was there that we could do something in Europe the performances didn't allow me to believe that and I don't just mean the first one um, I just don't think we did we did uh, make any kind of progress Neil Lennon had some phenomenal results in Europe as did Gordon Strachan absolutely mm. brilliant results in Europe um, tell me a, a result that Rodgers had a brilliant result a, a, an emphatic result a memorable result a couple of draws against Man City I don't think that you know, that pales into insignificance in many ways. And I think that um, looking over the next few seasons under Ange, um, that we will have some glorious moments in European football. I found it interesting that he popped up and then the reaction of the fact that he was at the game. He was obviously uh, there as a guest of um, the uh, prominent businessman, Lord William Hockey. Uh, I think he was his guest. He was certainly sitting next to him. And uh, he might have just been up and he took the game in on the old hospitality, uh, but I'm pretty sure he'd be looking for a job. But the reaction was interesting because I've not seen any Celtic fans who are saying, ah, you know, he's fine, he can come back whenever he wants and all this kind of stuff. That'll happen with Neil Lennon. I don't mean as an employed member of staff. I just mean, you know, once the dust is settled, Liam, people look back on that moment and they say, all right, we've we've kind of softened and all the rest of it. But there's certain characters in the Celtic history where that will never happen. Um, Do you think Brennan Rodgers is one of them? Uh, yeah, because you know he. First of all, it's just it's just common decency. You don't desert your team mid-season if you're a manager. You just you, you don't do that, right? If you want to go somewhere else, fight. Look, look, Vim Janssen, right? Vim Janssen, about six months into Celtic's uh, his Celtic spell, he realised he wasn't getting on with Jock Brown, and Fergus made it clear that Jock Brown wasn't going anywhere. So from that moment on, really, Vim's time was up. But like the consummate professional he was, he stayed there and made sure we stopped the 10 before he went. 
Right. He did. He completed the job. Absolutely. Yep. Brendan Rogers, the minute he got the sniff of a mediocre English team, he was out the door. Um, that. Now, if he was just another manager, that would be fine. But this was Brendan Rogers, who claimed to be the ultimate sell, who claimed to be a lifelong fan and all this other nonsense. Now, I'm not putting it on the same level, but the type of rhetoric that he was coming out with. It was a bit like, you know, oh, Celtic stroke Rangers stroke Hearts is the only team I've ever wanted to play for, Morris Johnson. It was like, it was that level of, of BS. You Do know? you remember the front cover of the Not The View? And it was oh. actually Paul Elliott, uh, Celtic are the only club ever. Jack Anoski saying the same in Polish and then it comes down to Le Petit Merde. Yes. Um, <laughs> it's interesting how we go from Brendan to him you know, mm. with some fluidity. Uh, maybe it's because both of them will never be welcome back at Celtic. Who knows? Um, mm. Robert Highland, uh, welcome back to the show. You're talking about the Inverness fans. Yeah, there's no thought given to that. The travelling yeah. Inverness Valley fans coming down for an early kickoff on a Scottish Cup final. Absolutely. Paul McGurk says the same. Um, yeah, they don't really think about football fans, do they? I want to talk about Jota because mm. uh, Jota, you know, we were praying that he was going to be fit for the game. Uh, Liam and then he obviously does what you know professional footballers do in the modern day leading up to a big game he nips Goes into the head. <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly oh my goodness brilliant it was phenomenal to see absolutely brilliant to see and we're all dug digging out our du double denims ever since I don't think we can pull it off as the bowl jotter does but then he goes mm. out there he's a match winner again and what I was talking about yesterday with Colin and JP was the fact that you know, that miss, the, the ball that rolled under his boot that Maeda plays in but four minutes before the scores, he doesn't allow that to affect his game. Um, yeah. And he is, he's as quick as Maeda to react to the situation. And he's still cool enough to put it away. He has become becoming nothing. Uh, he's becoming a thorn in the side of this Rangers side. Every time we face them, he's the guy that's stepping up time and time again, Liam. I think that he now terrifies them to the same extent Kyogo does. Mm -hmm. which is really saying something when you look at what Kyogo's done to them already this season. Um, it's good that, you know, usually, traditionally, we've had, like, one player that Rangers have been afraid of. You know, in the, historically, it was Henrik Larsson. Then it was Shinsuke Nakamura. You know, more recently, it was the likes of Gary Hooper. Um, but now it's, it's Kyogo and Jota, I think. And if they don't do the job, then there's going to be, you know, you've got Maeda coming through, you've got you've got Matt O'Reilly, you've got Hatati. We've got goals coming from all over the pitch. Um, and, uh, yeah, I really... It's a great position to be in. And, again, the media can keep playing this false narrative that we are, that we are two evenly matched teams as much as they want, but we're not. We're, we're just not. And to be honest, if, if I was if I was a Rangers fan, and thank God I'm not, but if I was, um, you know, I would say, look, that whole team needs to be ripped out and rebuilt. They need an Ange level of reconstruction before yes. they can even be in a position to challenge us. But their own arrogance probably prohibits that from happening because they will not accept the season or two of mediocrity that it's going to take to build that up again. You're right, and you know the thing as well, they're in a position where they don't really have the, the financial um, ability, they don't have the assets um, that they could maybe recycle. They, they just won't be able to do it. Now, in the in the uh, 
in the meantime, Celtic are looking ahead to a world record, and um, that would be eight trebles, which is a phenomenal, a phenomenal accolade. And when you look back to what happened a couple of seasons ago, Liam, as difficult as it was to live mm. through that, and obviously we covered it on a daily basis, as difficult as that was, it's now clear, looking back on it, that we needed that reset. We actually yep. needed that reset, but we've come back stronger. So it was worth it, really, when you think about where, where we're headed under Ange. And here's the thing, you know, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but with the state we are, we are in now and the state our nearest rivals are in now, what's to say in eight years' time we might not be having that same conversation again? Put your money on the ten. You heard it here yes. first. Liam, <laughs> it's been an absolute pleasure. I know it's night time over there. Always, uh, absolutely brilliant to hear from you and um, it's going to be great you're going to get so many emails and people getting in touch with you you are going to be the go-to uh, when we come over to Japan I've got to thank the uh, oh, almost 900 strong tuning in today on the live stream thank you very much for that give us a big thumbs up on the YouTube it does help us on the channel we've got a new show coming up a new Axom show we're in the planning stages it's going to look a little bit different from this uh, but that will be with you very very soon and it will be at least once weekly and I might grow it from there as well. And it will be at night time. So I'm not sure what time that will be in, in your place. And maybe in the morning, Liam, who knows? Um, I can't work that out off the back of my head, on the top <laughs> of my head. But um, thanks, everybody, for getting involved. And thank you once again to uh, Liam Carrigan of Celtic Down Under for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind. Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.